For over 500 straight weeks, the Sell More Book Show has brought you self-publishing news, tools, and tips, and we're just getting started. Now with rotating co-hosts from the greatest minds in self-publishing, we are truly ready to help you sell more books. I'm Brian Cohen, and on with the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sell More Book Show, episode 509. I'm Brian Cohen from Best Page Forward and Author Ad School, joined by Kim Ann, children's book author, uh, children's book author coach, uh, author ad school alum, Pathfinders alum, all sorts of stuff. (laughs) We've, We've known each other for quite some time, Kim. We have. Well, thank you for having me today, Brian. Hey, everybody. I'm really excited to talk today. I'm excited you're here, too, because in all our episodes, 508 to this point, we have never had a children's book author on the show as a guest co-host. Well, we're changing that up today. Yes. Today, we're changing it up up next week. Kim uh, is going to be here, and I'm super excited. So, um, Kim, you have, uh, I mean, you, you wear a lot of hats. You (laughs) are, yes, an author who self-publishes on Amazon with print-on-demand books, but you've gone beyond. You, you do print runs. You sell these books directly at stores. You, I mean, you had an exceptional December, uh, did it end up being one of your best months ever, if not the best month? Yes, it did. Oh, <laughs> November definitely. and December 2023 were pretty awesome. Oh, um, and and yes. a lot of that was you at these events. <laughs> yes, I do a lot of in-person events. <laughs> it's good. You, I mean, you have the personality for it. Not everybody does. Um, you, uh, But you have to put yourself out there, right? Because you're printing these books ahead of time. You're not you're not getting a big shipment from Amazon, right? Right. So I do, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, so I do print on demand, um, but I also print offset, which means I print overseas in China. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, primarily hardcovers I print. And so, yes, um, I sell on Amazon Advantage. I have an mm-hmm. Amazon mm-hmm. Seller Central account. I do KDP. Um, I even do some Ingram Spark. Uh, yep. But then I sell on my website, um, and then I have retail clients, and then I do tons and tons of in-person events. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so you have kept busy, but it, yes. it's always interesting. I was just talking with someone about this. You see like a project someone has. Like you might see you talking about Amazon Advantage. You might see you talking about you know some of the things you do, but like right now, it's the events. Like you, you, of course, you know, you, you want the, the, everything on KDP to be the best and the biggest and the brightest, because that's what some other people are doing, but not everyone is going on the same path. Right. Um, And I think, you know, we'll probably talk some more as we get deeper into this podcast. Um, But yes, like all not, all books are not created equal and you have to find the place that you're most successful selling them. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) You know, from your your lips to our listeners' ears, <laughs> they've got to hear it. They've got to hear it. Absolutely. I mean, um, 
What what's like big for you coming up in 2024? I mean, probably a lot more in-person events, right? Yes. Um, I be going to some national conventions like trade shows to try to find some more retail clients. Um, lots more events. I ended up, I think I did 58 events last year. Um, so I'm looking to increase that. Um, maybe 10, 20%. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's definitely um, on the radar. And then just diving deeper into the books that I have and finding more ways to make those profitable. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and Kim, am I right? Did we meet from a from a five-day author ad profit challenge? We did. Um, and I want to say it might have been the first one. It's probably like Ooh. 2019, maybe yeah. the second one. Um, and so, yeah, we've kind of kept in touch there. Um, and like you've had a Kickstarter, I've had a Kickstarter, we've mm-hmm. kind of supported each other in that, yeah. um, you know, and then I've done some coaching with you and your team and then most recently Pathfinders. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm so glad you were in that group and it's fun. Like I love, I love connecting with folks and, and being with folks for four plus years and, a lot of those relationships do start in that five-day challenge. Uh, I'm excited to run another one coming yes. up soon. <laughs> Y'all have probably seen a million ads. Uh, you can join something like the 15th or so ad challenge, authorsadvertise.com for everybody listening and watching. Uh, we'd love to have you. I, I'm re-recording the whole thing from scratch as I do every few challenges. So yes, uh, there's been a lot of changes this year with Amazon and stuff. So oh yeah, definitely will be helpful for a lot of authors. Be be ready for the new (laughs) 2024 fun. Yes, yeah. Let's get into the show proper here. Okay. (laughs) So last week's question was, "What are you the most excited for in 2024?" What makes you psyched to think about in 2024? Logan Russell said, I'm excited to have tables at some bigger cons in 2024. So definitely in in your wheelhouse there, Kim Ann. And see if I'm able to scale up those in-person sales. I also think I'll be able to publish two books in the same calendar year for the first time. Very good. Uh, Why don't you read uh, Heather's there, Kim? Heather Hadley said, I'm drafting the final installment of my trilogy in 2024. Oh, that's so nice to be able to wrap something up. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And Louis Castanguay said, hoping to break $100, need to work at getting out a newsletter. The part of getting it set up is daunting. It it is. It is. Whenever you're setting something up for the first time. Um, Kim, I could ask you that question, but I almost want to ask you, Logan uh, asked, scaling up in-person sales. Do you feel like you have any tips there? for something that's helped you to scale up your in-person sales this past year? Well, definitely. Okay. Each time you go out there, it's a different event, right? Like really two events are not the same. And I just learn from each one. um, And so that they get better and better. Every time I walk into a venue, it's like I determine, you know, what my setup's going to be, what the books, the primary books will be out front. And in case you guys don't know, I have 26 titles, so there, mm-hmm. there's a lot. <laughs> but I determine, you know, for the audience, like what is going to be the primary focus. Um, and then each time, you know, you're learning from other vendors, you're learning from your experiences and and all of that helps you at the next one and the next one. 
I love that. So, I mean, you know, if you go to an event in, say, like November 2023, are you that that won't come again until November 2024? Are you making notes saying, well, next time I do this one? Definitely. Um, I keep track of like what I sold <laughs> so that I can hopefully scale that up, <laughs> as Logan said. Um, and also I have some seasonal books. So mm-hmm. determining like this, if the seasonal books are working at that event or not. <laughs> I love that. Love that. Awesome. Well, folks, you can always answer the question of the week at sellmorebookshow.com or in the comment section in the Sell More Book Show after party post. Let's get into the top story. Kim, you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Smashing is the name of this week. This is uh, week's top story. If you want to smash your goals in 2024, it's important to set goals that are both clear and realistic, says Lucy V. Hay for Writers Helping Writers. To help authors reach their writing goals this year, Hay created a list of five essential things you can do to help ensure success, starting with establishing a consistent writing routine that suits your lifestyle, which is the key. Quote, consistency is important. But that doesn't have to mean writing every single day if that doesn't work for you, end quote. Next, set set clear goals broken down into smaller, manageable tasks or milestones. Quote, bite-sized chunks have always been my mantra, but just as important, we need to evaluate our progress and let go of goals or things that no longer serve us, end quote. It's also important to look at certain aspects of your life that that can support your goals, like using technology to your advantage. Finally, remember to practice self-care. Quote, taking care of oneself is essential for writers to maintain both physical and mental well-being in 2024. End quote. Exercise, meditation, community, family time, hobbies, and and rest can help you to be a writer who not only reaches your goals, but doesn't burn out while doing it. I love that. We talked about a writing routine last year. We um, sure did. <laughs> how, how has that consistency felt for you? That's actually been a big relief. Um, Brian knows I had a couple of books that I have kind of in my forecast <laughs> mm-hmm. and finding the time with um, everything that goes on in life. It's been a little difficult to focus on those. So I've been allocating an hour in the morning and I'm happy to say that yesterday I sent the draft <laughs> to the editor. <laughs> so it definitely has been helpful. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And congrats on that. Thank you. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, I think back, I can't help but think back to uh, a <laughs> guest co-host for three years or get co-host for three, the last three years, Claire Taylor. Claire Taylor would probably say that this well-being, mental and physical well-being thing maybe should be first as a, a and, and these other goals of the writing and, and the technology and, and establishing those kind of routines should be secondary. What What are your thoughts on that, Kim? It's a lot, Brian. Yeah. We know it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All you children's book authors that are listening, um, we have a lot on our plates. And yeah. so I definitely believe in the physical and mental well-being thing. So after I get my son to school, and a lot of you don't know me, but I do have a special needs son who's 20 uh, that's completely dependent. And so once I get him on the bus in the morning, then I go to the gym. (laughs) So every day um, I need to stay strong and I need to keep a clear mind. Um, And then if there's days where I'm getting bogged down, I go out for a walk because there's nothing like clearing that stuff out that helps you focus. So I believe that is really top of the list. 
Yeah. No, I and I go to the gym first thing after I drop <laughs> uh after Riley heads off to school too and and it's it's helped immensely. Mm-hmm. It's helped immensely. <laughs> All right, Kim, what uh we're going into the hot potatoes of wisdom okay. section here. <laughs> I know. I know. So, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see authors making when they're setting their goals? I think the first thing, Brian, is the goal seems like way too big when you first look at them. So Mm. yes, we all want to sell a million copies of our book, right? (laughs) Um, We do want to have our book become part of the curriculum in some of the largest school districts in the country. However, if you wake up every morning staring at those goals without planning, you know, to get there, it's going to cause more stress and sometimes even imposter syndrome, right? Like, Mm. I don't deserve these things. Um, so as mentioned earlier in that article, it's like setting the smaller goals and knowing what you're going to do can help you get to the big picture. So mapping things out, um, for example, like if I wanted to get into school districts, right, maybe I set a scout, a schedule that's like on Monday morning, I'm going to reach out, um, I'm going to research and reach out to like school districts in California where I live. I'm going to determine who the top five are. And then, you know, another day on that week, I might schedule to go on the Department of Education website and find mm. contacts, you know, so like just breaking that down a little bit, then by the end of the year, you know, maybe I'm seeing that bigger goal. But I think a lot of people will kind of jump in and have this big goal without figuring out exactly how they're going to get there. And the other thing that I notice is a lot of new authors, they see the bigger successful authors and they try to base their plan of action on them, um, yeah. and they just might not be there yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 like I was saying, you're seeing what an, one of those super successful authors is doing right now, and what they're doing right now might not be what got them to their level of success. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so if you got a, <laughs> I loved your answer, Kim Ann. Do you. you have a hot potato wisdom question for me? Hmm. Brian, what supporting activities have helped you achieve your goals? All right. I love this. So the supporting activities that have helped me achieve my goals, a lot of them revolve around this physical and and mental well-being stuff that we talked about. Going to the gym, uh, focusing on positivity, and and I I even will go into affirmations. I got some wonderful affirmation (laughs) cards from Kim Ann during her wonderful Kickstarter that she did. Um, there, there are so many things like, uh, coming back to taking a deep breath at when you get stressed, because if you spiral into a bunch of stress and a bunch of negative energy, it is going to torpedo your ability to, uh, to hit your goals. And then just kind of one big thing that has helped me so much in the last couple years has been, uh, uh, not underestimating what five minutes can do. If you've got five minutes left till you need to hop on a meeting, you've got five minutes left till you, you need to leave for lunch or you need to go pick up the kid, set a timer, do a little work sprint and get what you can get done in those five minutes. Because those five minute chunks, just like writing sprints, Mm -hmm. they add up. They sure do. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just did it right before this call, which is why I didn't have my water, Kim, because I was diving away trying to get one last thing done. So, you know, it has its limits. It has its limits. I'm guilty but, of the five minute yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. We all do it. We all do it. So uh, awesome stuff. 
Let's go into the lightning round now, Kim. Okay. I know you listen to the show, so we have to do some lightning sounds. I'm ready. Uh, Go do a lightning sound. Ooh, I like that. I like the like the ch sound of it. Like I'm like analyzing these deeply. Uh, and you had a chop. Those of you watching the video, you had a nice chop there. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So Kim, what lessons have you learned from past goal setting, both successes and failures? Okay. So I definitely get more done when I plan for it. Mm-hmm. And when I look at my vision board, I'm one of those people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as like failures, I give myself grace when life gets in the way and I can't have things happen as quickly as I'd like. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> it's important. All right. Lightning question to me. I'm ready. What should an author do if they love their book idea, but their research doesn't seem promising as far as sales goal? So if you love your book idea, but you've done some research and it doesn't look very promising, remember, it is okay to take the bits of your idea, your original idea that you like, and fit them into a, a, a maybe a genre or an idea that has a better opportunity for success. I wish we could always go with our passion project. I wish we could always just say, I'm going to do this thing, whether or not it makes money. But the problem is that a lot of us do need to make money. We need to (laughs) at least make some money with our time. And so sometimes you might be able to take a character idea that you love or a plot line that you love, and then you go and do the research and find out, well, okay, well, what's kind of close to that and that sells? And once you do that research, you say, okay, well, I can bring this element and this element into book one, and maybe this element and this element into book two. It's kind of about being patient. But if you can be patient and you can, uh, uh, you have the malleability to change that idea up so that it might be part of something that would sell, then maybe you get the best of both worlds. Okay. We see this a lot in the children's world. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm excited about your, your next series that we were just talking about <laughs> using the data. Um, yes. But uh, I've got a question for you. It's yes. going into this wonderful children's book author knowledge that you have. So, Kim, how does selling children's books differ from selling books for adults? Well, I'm going to say that I find it a little bit more difficult. Um, mm, and mm-hmm. I looked at the statistics on this. So according to words rated, one in four books sold in the US comes from children's fiction category. So Mm. one out of four. Nice. (laughs) Um, And so what we have to consider is the sheer number of published children's books, and that number grows every day. You know, and they're not always quality books, but it's every day (laughs) it's growing. So in the children's book market, we need to find a way to stand out. Like you need a great cover, you need a great story. But the other thing that differentiates us a little bit is that usually we need to fill a need, right? So adults and parents, caregivers, they go on Amazon, Google, they search for a book that fills a need, right? Like first day of school, books on confidence, you know, those kinds of things. Um, And so that's a bit different than someone that is just like enjoys maybe romance books. Um, And the other difference uh, that I say is that the amount of money it takes us to put up a quality children's book versus a quality book in another genre, right? Because we have 
cost of full color illustrations, um, the printing of it, our editing, um, especially, you know, if someone's into rhyme, like special editors for those and developmental editors. So out of the gate, it costs us thousands of dollars before we've even sold a single book. And so I think that's also a big difference. And then maybe we don't sell as many eBooks because a lot of experience for kids books is going to be like the touching, the flipping of the pages um, where, you know, a lot of adults, they might be more into like Kindle books. Yeah. And you don't have a lot. If your book is in Kindle unlimited, you get about eight cents or (laughs) what have you for someone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. All right. I'm ready for my lightning question, Kim. Brian, what have you done to expand your comfort zone in the past? And then how did it help you? All right. So how have I expanded my comfort zone in the past? Y'all, I am a type A control freak. I like to know what's going to happen. I love it when things work the way they're supposed to. And what I've had to learn is giving up control. I have had to learn getting people to help uh, with certain things that I used to do by myself. And the next stage of that for me is giving up things that I'm good at, giving up things that I've always done uh, and that I've always done well. And that's hard, but those are the kind of things you have to do at, at the beginning. You, you, When you're outsourcing, like you're getting a virtual assistant, maybe you're just giving out the things that you don't like doing or that you're not very good at. Uh, but that you know, that levels up eventually to the point where you might get to the point where you are actually having to give up things that maybe you're at an 80% or a 90% uh, successful person at because you've just got these things that you are so good at that you can't hand off that the things that are one step below you need to start being willing to. And that's how I have expanded my comfort zone and how I need to going forward. I feel so like you're speaking to me to and myself. this is a coaching call. <laughs> I know, Kim. So I'm just osmosing this into your head right now too. That's exactly how um, I feel. <laughs> yeah. But you and I are similar in that. We we yes. like control. Yes, we do. <laughs> we like control. Um, but you know, we can't control everything, right? No. No, no. Final lightning round question to you, Kim. How important, I know we talked about this a little bit, but how important are in-person events and book signings for selling children's books? Well, I don't know if this is going to be part of the lightning round. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, No, 10 hours later. (laughs) So this could depend on who you ask. Yeah. But for me, it's very important. Um, I do probably way too many in-person events, um, but they're very profitable for me. Um, I'm profitable on Amazon, but I'm way more profitable in my in-person events. Mm. Um, just even the sheer cost of what I pay to print a book and what I sell it for, you know, it's three times what I make on Amazon. Um, I also make incredible contacts at events, guys. And I mean, like schools, not just principals, but like media. I've been interviewed for magazines and articles because of people I met at events, um, local community, you know, everyone from the mayor down and I live in a pretty big city knows who I am (laughs) um, because of these events and events I've been invited to because of those. Um, So it's for me, it's very important. And I, I think that, you know, if you're trying to be known in your area, like you should get out there and and do some events. Love that. Great advice. I thought that was lightning-y. Awesome. Well, uh, great answers, Kim. 
We need to think of a question of the week. Obviously, in our story, we talked about what to do to smash those 2024 goals. I keep thinking of YouTube videos that are like, smash that like button. Um, So, Kim, we could talk about that. We could talk about something more children's book specific. What direction would you like to go in? Oh, boy. You know, let's try children's books. Okay. More so. Awesome. I mean, let's see how many listeners actually want or aspiring children's book authors. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So have you ever self-published a children's book or do you have interest in self-publishing a children's book in the future? I'm going to not just say that out loud. I'm going to write that down. I love that question. And I have to say that when I'm at my in-person events, I have so many people that come over to me to, to say that. So that's awesome. Oh, that's good to know. So maybe some of them will answer this question yes. and they can answer the question of the week over in the Selmore Book Show after party Facebook group or at selmorebookshow.com. Kim, you're going to be with us two weeks in a row. So awesome. um, where can people find you and your books? And if they want to ask you authory questions for children's books. Sure. You guys, you can find me on my website, authorcommand.com. Um, my books are available there as well as some author coaching if you need help with some things. Um, follow me on Instagram. Again, it's at authorcommand. I always post where I'll be, some exciting things that happen in my day-to-day author and life. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And and I just I just love seeing your pictures at these events and seeing all those Happy <laughs> parents and grandparents and kids. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I want to write a kid's book someday. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to awesome. talk about that. We'll <laughs> we should. I'll answer the question on the, on, on the post when okay. it goes, goes live. But awesome. Thank you, Kim. It's been so great to have you here. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, everyone at Selmore Book Show. <laughs> yeah. And we will be back for episode uh, five. 510, if you can believe it. We are approaching 520, which would be 10 years. Wow. 52 weeks. 10 years of episodes. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. We're pretty pretty happy about it over here. So um for Kim and I'm Brian. Have a great week of book selling, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week for episode 510. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selmore Book Show. Visit the website at www.selmorebookshow.com for detailed show notes and subscription information, or to send us news or comments for use on the show. Also, please take a moment to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Thank you very much for listening, and happy book selling!